And a very good evening to you. It's a Tuesday, so it is the 2nd of November, 2021. I'm at the BBG, broadcasting live from BBG Towers here in Salford. Welcome to your Richie Allen Show. It's the BBG, not the BBC. This is your Richie Allen Show, live from the magnificent city of Salford. It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on RichieAllen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. And if you'd like to discuss anything with me, do it through my website, RichieAllen.co.uk. Comment live on the menu bar. I love hearing from you, so do be vocal, be loud, be proud. Tell me what you're thinking. The last American vagabond, Ryan Christian, joins the program later on in the second hour. I was due to have a first-hour guest, but that hasn't worked out. He's cancelled on me. So for the first hour, it's just me and you. I think I've got plenty to talk about with you anyway. At least I hope I do. Otherwise, I'm going to flounder and founder and then go under. We don't want that. As I said, live from BBG Towers, the only man-made object in Salford visible from the London Eye. That's a fact. Jack. Got a lovely new pair of tap dancing shoes. I tap dance to that theme tune around the studio while it's on, just in case you're wondering. What's he doing when that's playing? I'm tap dancing. I'm giving it the old Michael Flatley. And Jean, your woman Jean, can't remember her surname, your woman Jean, that he used to dance with back in the River Dance days of 1988. Indeedy. This is uh, your Allen Show. Thanks for joining me. As I said, your Tuesday, how's it gone? I hope it's gone well. This made me laugh out loud. Everybody's talking about this today because everybody is trying to avoid talking about climate change, COP26 and the COVID. Although we will talk a little bit about both of those things in this hour of the programme. But that is um, Terry Gillian. You'll remember Terry from Monty Python, if you're old enough to remember the Monty Python series, some of which was very, very funny, and some of which was completely bewildering, if you remember it. The Mad Cartoons was Terry Gillian, largely responsible for the... By the way, I'm something is repeating on me there. It might have sounded like the devil was trying to emerge from my belly region out through my throat there but it's some weird digestive thing going on I had a big dinner about two hours ago and it's not quite gone down yet anyway I've not become possessed by Beelzebub or or some other demon hang on a second hang on excuse me there I think that's okay I think Terry Gilliam was responsible for the cartoons in Monty Python I think so he's often referred to as the less funny of the Python cast members. But he's in the news today because he, he's he been... Well, he was meant to co-direct a production of Into the Woods, a new production of it, at the very famous Old Vic in London. But it's been cancelled. Now, the BBC is saying that the reasons for the cancellation... Do you hear that again? Hang on, hang on. Thank you. Just pull the fader down have a very polite, almost ladylike burp and carry on. I don't know what's going on with whatever I had for dinner. 
Okay, yeah, so he was due to co-direct this Into the Woods at the Old Vic in London, very famous, but it's been cancelled. The BBC says the reasons for cancelling haven't been made explicitly clear, but it's believed (laughs) that the woke mob have descended on Terry Gilliam because of things he has said in the past about the Me Too movement. Remember Me Too? Harvey Weinstein, Harvey the Dirty Bastard, who uh, what well, is a dirty bastard, Harvey Weinstein, let's be honest about it. Let's not be politically correct. Let's not virtue signal. He's a dirty, rotten scoundrel and probably belongs behind bars, although for how long, I don't know. But he definitely took advantage of his position as a high-powered Hollywood producer to prey on would-be Hollywood starlets. He did. He's a dirty fecker. Anyway, Terry Gilliam has opined on this in the past and called it a witch hunt, I believe. And he's also said things about the trans people. Jesus, don't say anything about the trans people if you want to keep your career on track. So anyway, Stephen Sondheim wrote Into the Woods. He has approved, he had previously approved of the Old Vic production because he was very impressed with the treatment given to it by Terry Gilliam. But, says the BBC, some staff have expressed concern about Gilliam's views. We are here now. We do inhabit this paradigm. This is a weird and wonderful place to be where your views can see you get a kick in the bollocks and kicked out of your job. A metaphorical kick in the bollocks, it must be said. You're out of here. Why? Well, because you don't believe, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go into it because you're sick of hearing it. Ah, go on. Because you don't believe that there's such thing as a man born in the wrong body or a woman born in the wrong body. You don't believe that a man can be a woman. Therefore, you don't get to direct. You don't get to direct Stephen Sondheim's play because, because you don't believe that Tom over there is really a woman. That's mad stuff, isn't it? Yeah, he called it the Me Too movement a witch hunt. He said there were many decent people who were getting hammered as the industry tried to come to terms with allegations of sexual abuse. Yes, and the old Vic, of course, knows this very well because Kevin Spacey is a former artistic director of the old Vic, isn't he? And he was, uh, allegations were made about him and alleged inappropriate behaviour with young actors. Uh, Terry Gilliam told The Independent last year that he was tired of white men being blamed for everything wrong with the world. And speaking to The Independent, he said, when I announce that I'm a black lesbian in transition, people take offence at that. I wonder why. Terry Gilliam, yeah. So if you're looking forward to his take on Into the Woods at the Old Vic, you can look forward to something else because he won't be doing it. Are you watching any of the coverage of COP26? Did you see today that the big announcement this morning was the, 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 how we would deal with deforestation? Which, of course, is a serious issue. Of course it is. Cutting down great swathes of the rainforests, not only of the Amazon, but elsewhere. Not a good thing. We would agree with that. What does it have to do with climate change? Probably nothing. But they came together today, the, the world leaders, and they said, let's ban deforestation. And in a beautiful, pristine, vaudevillian moment, just after this was announced, guess who walked out? Guess who walked out to address the people at the conference 
Well, it was only Jeff Bezos. What kind of fuckery is this? <laughs> yes! Yes, yes, we're going to tackle deforestation. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podium, uh, the president of Amazon, Jeff Bezos, who kills 100 feckin' million trees a year to make boxes to pack his cheap Amazon tat in while his workers are terrorised in warehouses as computers keep track of them and keep score as to how fast they're filling the cardboard boxes from the 700 million trees killed by Jeff Bezos. Laughing in our faces. Laughing in our faces. We learned today that European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, who's also been speaking several times she's taken to the podium, well, Ursula has been caught out using a private jet to fly journeys as short as 31 miles. (laughs) 31 miles. You know, by the time you get to the airport, now I know it's different for private jet owners. I know it's different. You don't have to go through all the crap. I know you don't have to go through all the crap of checking in your luggage, then going to the departure lounge and waiting around. I know that. Private jet people, they come in, they go in a different gate, they usually get on the plane. But even still, you'd probably drive the 31 miles in your hybrid car to the destination. In the same time it would take you to drive to the airport, board the private jet, wait for clearance to take off, and then take off. It's vaudeville, I tells you. And Joe Biden is driving around Glasgow, or being driven around Glasgow in a limousine that gets approximately eight miles to the gallon. (laughs) It's vaudeville is what it is. Anyone for a bit of Greta Thunberg? Anyone for a bit of Greta Thunberg? They sweep their mess under the carpet for our generation to clean up and solve. How dare you! You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. How dare you? Now, Greta has cheered up somewhat since that was recorded. You remember I went to Sweden and I recorded that with Greta. And my mate Paul Ripley, she was all right, it must be said, when we met her. Sat down with her. Terrible smell off her, though. Don't think she washes very much. Greta has cheered up somewhat since then. Um, did you hear this? This is quality. You can shove your climate crisis up your arse. You can shove your climate crisis up your arse. You can shove your climate crisis. You can shove your climate crisis. You can shove your climate crisis up your arse. Yes, if only I, if only Greta meant it, that you can shove your climate crisis up your arse. She doesn't mean it in the same way we mean it. We would sing it meaning there is no climate crisis. Piss off. But Greta means it. Here's another little clip from the same gathering. Uh, getting a bit sweary these days is Greta. Inside COP, they're just politicians and people in power pretending to take our future seriously, to pretending to take the present seriously of the people who are being affected already today by the climate crisis. Change is not going to come from inside there. That is not leadership. This is leadership. This is what leadership looks like. We say no more blah, blah, blah. No more exploitation of people and nature and the planet. No more exploitation. No more blah, blah, blah. 
Mama, whatever the fuck they're doing inside there. <laughs> no more whatever the fuck they're doing inside there. Whether they like it or not. Yes. Cue the large cheers. A lot of adults, a lot of creepy looking adults hanging around Greta. It's not just the children. There are a lot of adults whooping and cheering as she talks monumental bollocks, God love her. Little Greta, whatever the fuck they're doing in there. Yes, it's exactly 12 and a half minutes past five. This is the Richie Allen Show. It is live from Salford here in the northwest of the UK. Dismal day today. Well, 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 well. Bright, but very cold. It's going to turn a bit colder uh, tomorrow. I'm telling you, when the shit really hits the fan, you know, autonomous cars that you can't override, you know, autonomous cars, the real reason for which, the real reason they will come in is to prevent you from going where you want at weekends or or during the week or during the holidays. No, no, you won't be able to because your carbon footprint You've exceeded your carbon allowance this week, so you can't go anywhere. When all of that comes in, you know, uh, the vaccine passports, the social credit system, I'm going to return to my garden, I've said this before, and spend the rest of my days drinking Bacardi and Coca-Cola and giving zero fucks whatsoever to what's going on. Because a part of me thinks, Baldy, there's nothing you can do about it, just sit back and laugh. If I'd have been on the Titanic back in 1912, was it? 14, was it? I can't remember. I'd have just sat on a deck chair and drank myself into oblivion and laughed at the band as they played Nearer My God to Thee. Anyway, this is ACDC on your Richie Allen Show. Lots more chat to come and Ryan Christian in R2. Good to be with you. ACDC, you shook me all night long. 17 minutes past five. It's a Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021. It's the BBG with you till seven o'clock. The Last American Vagabond. Ryan Christian joins me later on. Should have been a guest this hour, but they cried off late on. That's okay. Byron says, Richie, I love the show. Thank you. Got off my backside and I fixed the standing order. So apologies. No need to apologize. Thank you. For doing that, for doing that, Byron says I watched the Great Global Warming Swindle as recommended by Tony Gosling last evening. Very informative, strongly recommended for the audience. It's readily available on YouTube. Says Byron. Luke says maybe it's just me, but I think it is distasteful to be slagging a teenage girl who is clearly just a pawn puppet. It might be just you, Luke. It might just be you. Colin says, the little bollocks love that theme tune. Cracks me right up. Thank you, uh, Colin. Lucy says, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Greta is a laugh, she says. She's a laugh, all right. Joan says, Richie, let me in a room for five minutes with little Greta. I am fecking done. No violence, of course, but I think I might bring a cow with me to fart in her face. Joan, your talents are limitless. So you're telling me that you've trained cows to fart on command. I want to see that, Joan. Stupid human tricks. I want to see that. Let's bring back the old David Letterman segment. Let's uh, let's hijack that. I like that. Robert says, no jab, no job, Harvey Weinstein. I don't know what that means, but thank you very much anyway. Oh yeah, very good. <laughs> I'm slow at the best of times, but today I'm very slow. That is good, Robert. <laughs> No jab, 
no job. Harvey Weinstein, he was there, wasn't he? Long before, long before the COVID. Caroline says, we are in the beginning of a mass extinction event, but it's the people, if they get their way, Caroline, indeed, who also liked Time Bandits with Terry Gilliam. I can barely remember it. John says that he loved last night's show. Can I top it? Last night's show was about a five and a half out of ten. On my behalf, Tony was brilliant. And my first guest was terrific as well, Lee. Lee Wells, the restaurateur. But I was shite. Five and a half out of ten I would have given it. I'm sure I can top yesterday's show tonight. <laughs> or it could drop to a 4.6. You never know. Hi to Gold Eagle Media. How are you doing? Angela says she's just seen a video on Facebook from the Breakfast News. They were discussing Nicola Sturgeon and they went to a video and it was of Jimmy Cranky. They couldn't get it off quick enough. Angela, please find the link and send it to me. Is that right? Is it? It must have been the BBC, was it? So they're talking about Sturgeon and of course the picture editor in the gallery being commanded by the director, is supposed to fire the photograph onto the screen of old Sturgeon. You're shitting me, Angela. And you're telling me that. It, it, in fact, the picture they fired was none other, was none other than Cranky. I've got to see it. Not to believe it, I do believe you, but I've got to see it. It'll make my day. Charlie says, as the wee climate change goblin would say, blah, 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 what a shame the poor lass has been used in this way and totally brainwashed. Her parents should be ashamed. Hi to Diane Hughes, hi to Steve from Down Under. How you doing, Steve? And Pandora as well. Yes, how you doing, Pandora? Rising COVID cases. COVID cases or infections are on the rise, apparently. And because of that, the Commons Speaker, Sir Lindsay Hoyle, who I think has got a great job. Now, as much as I know that it's all a puppet show, it's all an illusion, there is no such thing as democracy, and members of Parliament do not decide or determine what things, what laws are passed, what money is spent. They don't. They are puppets for other people. I would love the job of the Speaker, just for a few weeks. Anyway, Common Speaker Lindsay has cancelled tours of Parliament and he's told MPs today that from now on they must wear masks in the Commons because Westminster has seen a rise in cases, apparently. Yes, over in the Netherlands, where 84% of the Dutch are fully jabbed, 84%, the Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte will announce new restrictions on citizens this evening. Infections on the rise again. The same old bullshit. So the Dutch can expect masks to be reinforced, working from home again, and wait for it, an extension of the Corona Pass, which the Dutch currently need to get into bar, bars and restaurants, uh, an extension of that pass to other venues. Lockstep. Lockstep, anyone? Lockstep. By the way, if you are jabbed, and I hope you're not, even though it's none of my business, you can now travel to Jersey without the inconvenience of being tested when you get there. Did you know that? You can go to Jersey, Bergerac. You can go and get a tour of the Bergerac set, if you want. 
and uh, you will not be tested upon arrival. Isn't that lovely? Move on. Okay, I'll move on. Sky News is pushing grasshoppers, crickets and mealworms as an alternative to meat and a solution to the climate crisis. Sky is a thing of beauty. Sky News has given up reporting the news. Well, it did a long time ago, but it's given up doing anything else. Every presenter is broadcasting from a lovely purpose-built studio at the Conference Centre in Glasgow for COP26. No broadcaster is pushing this bollocks harder than Sky News. It really is pushing it hard. It's got its own climate change programme. It's got its own channel broadcasting COP26 24 hours a day. Not making it up. And Sky, Sky is pushing not people interviewed by Sky. The channel says grasshoppers, crickets and mealworms are an alternative to eating meat, particularly beet, uh, beef even, Jesus. Uh, beet is a crop. Beef and a solution to the climate crisis. Why not? Get yourself pissed right up. Few ale shandies. Come out of a pub. Half eleven, twelve o'clock, into the fast food place. Large crickets and regular fries, please. Uh, plenty of salt and vinegar, please. 24 minutes past five. I'm in drive time mode now. Going back to my commercial days. But that's because of the absence of a guest. I'm having to, 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 to think on my feet for a change. Um, I genuinely laughed so hard this afternoon I fell off my chair. Looking for something to tell you that wasn't COVID or climate bollocks, I discovered a story. Well, I stumbled across a story on rte.ie, which is uh, the Irish state broadcaster's website. And the story, would you believe, I couldn't believe it, I genuinely belly laughed. The story was all about Ireland's witness protection programme. What kind of fuckery are you? What? What? Ireland's Witness Protection Programme. Fabulous. It's all good. <laughs> I know, I belly laughed. Ireland has a Witness Protection Programme. So, you've watched Goodfellas. You, you remember Henry Hill. He ratted out his mates and then he went into the Witness Protection Programme and he became just a regular slob where he had to get up in the morning, put the garbage out, go to his nine to five. You know, Ireland has a witness protection programme. I swear to God and his son Jesus that I didn't know that until today. Here's a little bit of the story from Radio Telefiche Aaron, the website. Most people are generally unaware that an Irish witness protection programme even exists. For many, our only knowledge of witness protection stems from watching US crime dramas from the sanctuary of our own homes. Yet, witness protection is not some fanciful, far-removed concept of policing and it is prevalent in almost every jurisdiction, including this one, Ireland. However, what makes Ireland stand out is the fact that there's nowhere to fucking hide. No, no, I'm, I'm only joking. What makes Ireland stand out is the fact that there is no legislation governing the programme itself. The only known tangible piece of material governing its operation lies firmly embedded in a confidential Garda circular. The Garda, or the Irish police. RTE continues, this lack of formalisation is due both to the programme's history as well as to the belief that it is to the apparent benefit of the programme to run in absolute self-governed incognito. 
You rat out your mates in Ireland and Garda Pat Morrissey will find some place for you to stay. There's no state sanctioned. You've got no protection from the state whatsoever. Garda Pat Morrissey will look after you. Right, Richie, you've ratted out your mates now. I'll find a place for you somewhere. That's the gospel. Witness protection. I'd rather take me chances on me own. Do you know why? Because you can drive from Bantry Bay in Ireland to the Northern Ireland border in three hours. You can drive from Castle Bar on the west coast, Mayo, to Dublin in three hours. If I ratted out the Irish mob, I wouldn't fancy those odds now, to be honest. I'll find a place for you to live now. It's uh, 28 minutes past the hour. This is your Richie Allen Show. Lots more chat to come on this programme. Your Richie Allen Show. It's your, so it is. This is PM Dawn and set adrift on memory bliss. God be with the days. Yeah, nice little sample of Spando Ballet's True there. PM Dawn set adrift on memory bliss 1991. Yeah, okay, 29 minutes to the top of the air. I'm still under the weather, by the way, but I'm a trooper. I'm here, aren't I? I can barely speak. I'm losing my voice. And I'm still very chesty. No jokes, please. No jokes. It's not funny, but I'm here anyway. Caroline says, drop the Coke and mix it with lemonade. Give over, Caroline, will you? Give over. It's Coke or nout. Charlie enjoyed a bit of ACDC. Thank you, Charlie. Craig says, Greta, bless her, has reduced the discourse to the level of Neanderthal man. That's right. Just replace blah, blah, blah with ug, 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 and it would be indistinguishable. That's right. Hi to Rob. Thanks for the kind words, Rob. Hi to Martin, who says, to think there were, there were folk on the Titanic that turned down dessert. That's Monk. Yes. Yes, as you were freezing your knackers off in the waters of the Atlantic, did you think, Jesus, I could have had that extra cognac and that extra cigar just as you were freezing to death. But of course, the real story of the Titanic is not the one you would see or would have seen in James Cameron's excellent film. I love a love story, me. I'm a big soppy teddy bear. The BBG loves a... referring to himself in the third person for a start, loves a good soppy love story. Sleepless in Seattle. Although I don't like Tom Hanks these days. Pretty Woman, yeah, love a bit of that, yeah. Love a bit of that. Dirty Dancing. I'm not one bit ashamed of it. So, uh, yeah, hi to JC as well. Thanks, JC, for the comment. Paul says, Richie, do you get the impression from that bit of audio that Greta's a bit jealous that she hasn't been invited to see what's going on in their first hand. Seems like Sarah Grapes that she's not been allowed in. I think, Paul, you've nailed it. I think you're right. I think she's obviously pissed right off that she's not in there. Yes. Lovely. Patrizia says, Greet and Greta was encouraged to steal the stick, uh, to stick your New World Order up your arse song, written by Des Nez from The Light Paper. No, people have been singing you can stick your new world order up your arse long before the light paper guy. I'm pretty sure of that. But anyway, yes, I suspect this is the World Economic Forum, uh, also known as their attempt at reverse psychology, which failed miserably, says Patricia. How you doing? Lovely. Hi to Patrick, the Scottish owl. Alan worked with uh, Jeanette. 
cranky in Liverpool moons ago and said she was very funny when she was pissed. There's a lovely programme on the BBC. There's been three seasons of it. It's where a group of elderly celebrities are sent off to India to explore the what life would be like retiring in India. Would it be cheaper? Would it be healthier? Would it be a better place to retire than the UK? It's a lovely series on the BBC. If you can get the iPlayer, uh, the BBC iPlayer that is, there are episodes there. Some of the guests have been brilliant on it. Stephanie Peacham was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Blowers, the legendary cricket commentator, uh, was fantastic on it. Blofeld. Um, Blowers, yeah. Uh, it's very good. And Jeanette Cranky and Ian were guests on it and they were outstanding as well. Great value, I would have said. JC says my partner's aunt in Poland, who is a nurse or has been a nurse for almost 40 years, said she's never seen anything like this in her life. She's been telling everyone, she's been telling everyone not to have the job. Wayne called Greta, says she deserves no sympathy. She's an enemy of humanity, whether she knows or not. Well... Well, there is some truth in... She's not a little girl. She's a young woman. She's a woman. She turned 18, didn't she? Or is she 19 now? But still, you're, you are dealing with a human being. And in the case of Thunberg, I believe she believes it. That's what they're doing to the kiddies. I talked about this today on richieallen.co.uk. Isn't it funny? Last week, there was a phone-in on BBC Radio 5 Live about climate anxiety. What do you think the parents were ringing up to complain about? Were they ringing up to complain that the media and celebrities and politicians are scaring the living bejesus out of their children? Did they ring up to complain about that? Did they echoes like? Did they echoes like? No, they were ringing up to complain that governments aren't doing enough about climate change to assuage the kiddies' fears. They're terrified. That being said... It doesn't mean that I shouldn't take the piss out of Greta Thunberg or Thunberg. Hi to Tom Moore. How you doing, Tom? Colin says, that's hilarious. An Irish witness protection. I've heard it all now. I'm pissing myself laughing, says Colin. I asked the the great thespian, Jean-Anne Crowley, had you ever heard of the Irish witness protection programme? And Jean-Anne said, will you shut up? I'm in it. I'm in it. She was so bad. She was so bad in a gaiety theatre production of Les Miserables in the 1990s. She had to go into the witness protection programme. She's in Connemara now. Her secret is out. She was that terrible, that diabolical. Hi to Red Green, who says, insects are used as an additive in most pre-packed meats, or meals, meals, meals. Insects are used as an additive in most pre-packed meals. I haven't heard a grasshopper since childhood, by the way, says Red Green. We shall move on. Back to the COVID stuff. Sajid Javid, the health secretary, banker who doesn't know the first thing about health, would struggle to put a, a plaster or an elastoplast on a child's knee. Or maybe he wouldn't. Uh, Javid wants you to know the pandemic isn't over. He was appearing before the Commons Health Committee today. Here he is, Sajid Javid, earlier. Here he is. I do worry that if if people generally sort of let down their guard and, and think, you know, it's almost all over, or some cases all over, 
It's not. And we have maintained, to maintain this progress, we've got to keep all working at it. And uh, you know, the vaccines are the most important part, but it's not the only thing. Uh, and then related to that uh, is the new variants. You know, there will be new variants. We don't know what's going to come around the corner. Uh, if one day there was a vaccine escape variant, uh, that would be of significant concern. It's not, uh, of course, we think about that. Our international partners think about that. We work with our partners on that. There's a lot more defences we've got today, even if there was a vaccine escape variant, but I think it's uh, important <laughs> to, to keep that. Even if there was a vaccine escape variant, a VE variant, victory in Europe, a VE variant, if there was a vaccine escape variant, they're sitting there, these select committee members just looking at him they're not diving over the table to rip the throat out of him <sighs> keep that uh, at the top of my mind as well and make sure we are as best prepared as we can for what the pandemic has in store uh, for us uh, and then of course there's all knock-on impacts of that but if i had to sort of focus on one thing it's it's uh, it's making sure we continue to make progress against the the pandemic yeah the pandemic the pandemic the pandemic hey do you remember rusty lee you've got to be my age now Excuse me, I just, I just burped again, orally, repeating on me my my terrible. I'm not going to tell you what I had for dinner. Dreadful. I ordered a takeaway. I've never done that in my life. I usually have something prepared for me, by the oft mentioned, better half or I do it myself. She usually does it. Uh, today I just ordered from an app and got some food. It was crap, and I'm paying for it now. Uh, speaking of insects and food, is it true or is it an urban is it an urban legend that a bar of chocolate contains insect legs in it? It's an urban legend, surely, is it? Anyway, do you remember Rusty Lee, lovely, lovely lady, used to be on breakfast television on ITV in the nineteen eighties? Uh, TVAM was the program's name. Rusty is a chef, great personality and a fabulous laugh, gregarious lady, I would say. Uh, she's fed up of not hugging. She wants an end to the COVID nonsense. Let's have a return to hugs. She was asked on Good Morning Britain today, is she not worried, Rusty Lee, that hugs will spread the COVID again? No, I don't worry about that at all because we've all been through so much by the way here's a virtual hug for you all you see virtual <laughs> hugs i'm very comfortable virtual with she's happy with yeah go on <laughs> um, but the thing is we've all been th to, through such a traumatic time really and even from birth children need hugs we all need hugs and it's good for our health anyway we need to touch each other so We've all had, mostly have had the injections. We've had to have the th three, three injections. I've had my booster. We've had flu jabs. We've had all these. We have to sanitize. We have to do everything. We need hugs through this to de-stress. We need to touch each other. We, we really, people are meant to have physical touch, whether it's an elbow bumping, you know, What's this elbow? I don't like to be giving the elbow. I want to... Go on, Rusty Lee. It's a shame she's had the jabs, but again, that's none of my business. She's absolutely right. We all need hugs. But wait for it. Dr. Hillary Killery Shillery Jones. That's his real name. He says no feckin' way. No way. He's asked about hugs by Richard Partridge Maidley. Have a listen. Are we okay to hug each other now? No. 
No. Uh, unfortunately not. Christ, that was a quick no, wasn't it? Are we okay to hug each other now? No. No. Uh, unfortunately not. I, Un- unfortunately not. No, you can't. You can't, Richard. You're not allowed to hug one another. No. No. What's wrong with you? Are you mad? We're in the middle of a pandemic. And Rusty Lee knows that she would be one of the first people I would hug. If I th- Virtue signaling bastard. I thought it was safe. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Look, we, we all love a hug. I'm, I, I, I'm, I like I'm a warm hug. As well, as, yeah. as much Richard is very tactile as well. She's the next person. <laughs> yeah. But look, right now, it's, it's not safe to do. We're still in Just a- not safe to hug right now. You, 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 there's something wrong with you if you don't understand that. Still in a pandemic, we had a, a thousand people die in the last week. We had seven thousand hospitalizations up till October That's the twenty sixth. That's such 26th. a wake up call, Doctor. And Hillary. hugging thousand in the past week. There you go. And and That's for- such a wake up call, Doctor Hillary. A thousand people died in the last week. That's Susanna Reid, wench, useless, as useless as tits on a bull. That's how useless. 40,000 cases a day. Now, when you hug somebody, you are in very close proximity You're to breathing them. in their air. You're breathing in their air. It's not as bad as the continental kiss on either cheek because your face actually passes yeah. in front of their exhaled air coming from their, their breathing. Yeah, it's a dangerous thing. The continental kiss on both cheeks, which I was introduced to by El Frogo Tremendo. Dangerous thing because as you kiss the left cheek and then you move around the face... To attack the right cheek, the exhaled air, well, it could be, uh, well, toxic with COVID germs, says uh, Shillery Jones. And he went on. Um, so there, and you noticed that at COP26 they weren't doing the, no. the, the kissing on either cheek. No, but time. of course we were at the Pride of Britain Awards and celebrities uh, love, a, love a kiss on the cheek. Yeah, and so it's it, there was a little bit of an etiquette because sometimes celeb, sure. you know, uh, those celebs that you you might see, they're not asking. <laughs> no, absolutely, <laughs> they're going in for <laughs> a what 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 well, I mean, you can mitigate the hug. I mean, what I'm saying... How do you mitigate the hug? What I'm saying is be selective with well, your hugging. What about hugging. shaking hands? Be selective with your hugging. Uh, shaking hands? No, you're not... Sh- uh, nope. No, well, you're shaking hands. If hand sanitizing, you know... Uh, so you'd be OK shaking hands, Yeah, but, but not again, hugging. it's it's about trust. The yeah. person you are going to hug, if it's a member of your close family, if it's your mother, your children, that's different mm. because you know what they've, they've know been the doing, you know yeah. how they're behaving. Yeah. How they're behaving. That's Hillary Jones there. Imagine if I had been able to get a DeLorean somewhere in 2017. And if I'd have gotten into the DeLorean, set it for 88 miles per hour and programmed it to arrive on the 2nd of November 2021 outside the Good Morning Britain studios. If I'd recorded that segment, jumped back into the DeLorean, uh, came back to 2017 and said... Listen to this. You'd never have believed it, would you? No, 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 of course not. No, of course not. Of course you can't hug now. Jesus! We're in the middle of a pandemic. Shake hands? No. Not unless you're convinced that everybody's sanitised their feckin' hands. Absolutely not. Be selective about who you hug. It's not the time to hug, said Hillary Killery. Shillery Jones, who's uh, ITV's resident GP, so he is, for his sins. Quarter to six, then. Ryan Christian, the last American vagabond on the programme later on. I'm swimming here, I'm swimming. And I'm filling. And uh, this is Go West, the king of wishful thinking on your Richie Allen show. Yeah, speaking of uh, Pretty Woman, that featured in it, the king of wishful thinking from Go West on uh, the Richie Allen show. Come on up for... 
11 and a half minutes to the top of the hour. Uh, the old voice is just about holding up. Weeks I've been dealing with this rotten bug now. It's like it's trying to get a hold of me, but it can't. It can't get a hold of me. Before I read, uh, my, before I do my next bit, I should say, my next bit, did you see that on the website today? And what did you make of it? I published two little pieces, one yesterday, one today, about surveys that have been carried out by a couple of UK universities. And the surveys are not telling us anything we didn't know before, but they're strange, these surveys. Strange in in, in their timing. One of them um, declared that vitamin C can help prevent COVID and to speed up recovery. Did you see that? You might have seen it in the press. You might have read it on RidgieAllen.co.uk. And I obviously wrote about it. I put it up on the website yesterday. And when I got up this morning, I saw a similar study, but about zinc. Now, the vitamin C study will be published in the journal Life this week. And it's a review of a dozen clinical trials that say exactly what I just said to you, that vitamin C is useful in prevention, but also useful in treating. And I talked about how it would cost next to nothing to ensure that people who are ordinarily vulnerable to respiratory infections, that you give them a course of vitamin C, D3 and zinc throughout the year maybe, or at least beginning in the summer until the following spring. I don't know. Anywho, as I said today, a different story, similar theme about zinc today. A new study says that zinc helps to fight colds and flu. And I asked you a question. I don't know if you answered me because I've not yet had a chance to go and look at any of the comments underneath the article. But what is going on, do you think? Because you and I both know that people, including a guy who's been on this programme called Joseph Mercola, they've been vilified for suggesting that vitamin D3 Vitamin D, zinc, vitamin C are very good preventatives and are very useful in treating these infections. Whether you believe COVID-19 exists or not, it doesn't matter. They're good at dealing with respiratory illnesses, upper respiratory tract and all of that. And people have been called basically fake news hawkers and they've been accused of misinformation by saying that these supplements are useful. So why now, do you think? Can you help me out? Can you send me a comment to richieallen.co.uk? Because uh, I've never claimed to be the greatest guy in the world to figure out what exactly they are thinking when they do these things. But I'm not bad, and I'm stumped. I don't know what's going on there. So, so help me out. Anywho, let's talk about something else then for a moment. I'll go back to your comments shortly. So, cashless society then. Now, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the UK government's proposal for a central bank digital currency. Basically, the death of cash and coins. Let me read you something from Bitcoin magazine. You might find this interesting before we hear a clip. This is Bitcoin magazine now. What is programmable money? These are digital packets of code that have a set of rules that can be defined by the creator and even an authorised distributor. 
Imagine a digital dollar that is equal to one US dollar. This digital dollar could A. Be tracked across every movement where the account that is credited appends that information to the digital dollar in perpetuity. B. Be stopped, returned to the source, returned to the previous account, or even destroyed at any moment. C. Have a set of inherent rules at the source, such as a lifespan of one year, and a specified amount of depreciation per unit of time. And a digital dollar could D. Be credited to only certain accounts, such as users who have a social credit score of whatever. Given only to certain accounts, such as users who have a social credit score of whatever you're supposed to have. This is Bitcoin Magazine, which goes on to say the rules are endless because they are determined at will by the creator in an arbitrary manner or via fiscal or monetary policies set by the government or central banks. Now, Julia Hartley Brewer of Talk Radio got into this this morning with a woman in New York City. She's based there. She's an author and her name is Leah Heilpern. What does Leah make of all of this then? Yeah, absolutely. So a central bank digital currency, as you said, is a CBDC. And it's essentially a digital version of what we have now. However, it will be um, programmable. So because it's digital, it means that governments are actually able to program the money. Now, if you look at things like benefits, for example, it sounds like on, this, on the surface level, it could be quite good because governments could say, okay, we're giving you benefits and you're only able to spend that on um, essential items. But what it then means is that it can go further than that. You can actually program that money so your everyday person won't actually be able to spend money in places that the government doesn't allow you to. So this might sound a little far-fetched, but it's actually not if you look at what's gone on over the last two years. We now have vaccine mandates being ruled out given England seems to maybe have passed that, but you know it, it's certainly happening throughout the rest of the world and the UK. And they could basically turn around and say to you, if you don't get your first shot, if you don't get your second vaccine or even the booster, you can't spend your money in that shop because you know you could part, you could pass on the virus, and of course we're doing that to protect you. So there are real genuine concerns here. Right? Did Julia Hartley Brewer understand that? Did she, the presenter? Yeah, and particularly based on, you say, not just what happened here in the West, the vaccine passports and, and people I mean Italy and other countries, and New York currently in the United States, where you are basically saying, you know, you, you, you can't go to work unless you've had the jab, being able to keep track of you. But what's actually been happening in China in recent years, the use of this uh, central currency and central control and social credit system, where people who haven't said the right things about the government or, or, or haven't been seen to do the right thing are actually banned from being able to buy trains tickets or plane tickets or uh, to study at university or to get jobs. So there is an element of control. This is not sci-fi, dystopian, crazy, conspiracy, crackpot stuff. It's happening right now on the other side of the world. And I, I, many of us have been very concerned that the vaccine passports have been brought in in, in Western countries uh, as well. But this is the thing. It's not just 
becoming a cashless society and using your credit card, as we a lot of us have seen in the last year or so. Basically, it's really difficult to actually buy anything for cash in lots of shops and having to use your credit card because the credit card is or the, or the debit card. That's money. That's your money from your bank. It's not programmable yeah. unless you bought a card maybe for your child about, you know, what they can their spending limits or something. But basically, as long as you've got money in the bank or you've got an ability to get an overdraft, you can spend money. Or, you know, you can spend it all on, you know, on, on, on chocolate if you want, or you can spend it on a speedboat, you can spend it on anything else. The idea about this currency is it is it is controlled and programmed from the centre. Yeah. Yes. Is Julia Hartley Brewer, do you think, losing sleep at night, do you think? Brewer and maybe one or two others at uh, Talk Radio, which is mainstream light. I say mainstream light because it does from the fringes, try to tackle one or two of these issues. But then it tends to stop and go somewhere else for a while, only to return to them when the coast is clear again, if you know what I mean. Brewer must be wondering, well, this can't just be silly planning or or bad ideas. Something is going on here. That they want to introduce a centralised digital currency that is programmable from the outset. Programmable, meaning that the creator of it, as Bitcoin magazine said, can create arbitrary rules and regulations around it, including how you spend it. Ta-da! As we deal with the climate crisis, you try and go to your local butcher, if your local butcher is even still in business. In you walk, as I used to do to do in uh, Widger's Butcher in Waterford many years ago. I used to go and buy my fillet steaks from the Widger family. Oh yeah, I'd walk in, ask for a bit of fillet steak. And I had a wallet with Irish money. This is before even the euro, around 2000, so before 2000. I'd walk in, oh, a bit of steak. Absolutely. Family Butcher, of course, they'd always throw something in for free few sausages, you know. Richie, those sausages are nearly gone. You can have them. You've got a strong stomach, like. So I'd take me wallet out and I'd get me out punts, out me Irish pounds and pay. In the future, if your butcher is still in business, that is, be a case of you'll go to pay with your phone or your tablet or the chip inside just under the skin of your right hand on the back of the hand and you're told can't sell you the old steak today Richie why is that because you've reached your limit for the months your carbon score is not great Richie that's had a direct impact on your social credit score it's currently telling me that you're not great as a citizen at the moment not funny that because that's what it's all about central Digital currencies, as spoken about by the Chancellor of the Exchequer, as written about by Ed Conway in The Times and spoken about on Sky News, the BBC, it's the thing to do. Central digital, digitalised currencies, yeah. Jesus, we are here now, aren't we? I think we are. Joan says, Richie, maybe Billy, and I can only assume she means Billy Gates, is putting his bugs and God knows what else in the zinc and other supplements produced. It wouldn't surprise me, says Joan. You know there is something wrong if they tell people that vitamin C, etc. is good for you. Now on the website today, 
Craig, who is, uh, he's a good egg, is Craig, because he gets involved. I like people who get involved and, and, and get involved and express their opinions on the website. Craig might be onto something because Craig said, I wonder, are they pushing vitamin C, D3 and zinc? Because they want to credit the vaccines with succeeding. That's not a bad shout, that. Push vitamin C, D3 and zinc on people now. And if there is a perceived improvement in national health, you can put it down to the jabs. Not a bad shout at all. At all, at all, at all. Uh, From Craig there, richieallen.co.uk, at the very top of the page. It says... Comment live, and would you believe it? By coincidence, Craig has just commented, and I think he's basically said the very same thing. Very good, or more or less the very same thing. Yes, vaccines will get the credit for people taking approved supplements, feeling better. The vaccines will be praised, and of course, they'll be asking us to take vaccines until we are dead. More and more boosters every year for COVID, but also new vaccines mRNA and DNA vaccines to deal with all the little foibles, all the little bugs and things, anything you can imagine. They will have a vaccine for it. They will recommend you take it, not to take it. Will be to lose a couple of points on your social credit score because you are a selfish bastard. Because you're not doing what you should do for the good of humanity and for the good of society. That's where we're going. At least I think so anyway. Yes, indeed. Hi to Darren. How you doing, Darren? Thank you very much for the kind words. I'm experienced, you know. I've been around a while. Gavin says, Shillery needs to be hugging himself with a straight jacket on. <laughs> Hillary Jones, God love him, yeah. Keep those comments coming and I do love them. Love reading them. David Keane says, I see that Cupid stunt Hillary on the BBC News clip online where he tears up, sorry, where he tears up, he didn't tear up, he tears up the yellow card and he called it fake news. Did he? Did he? If he did that, it probably was on ITV, was it? Not that it matters. Did he tear up the yellow card? What do you mean by the yellow card? Did somebody print off? Did somebody print off from the government website the latest yellow card data on A4 paper? And if so, did Chillery tear it up and call it fake news? David, I trust you to be telling me the truth. Wow. Wow. What was he insinuating, Jones? That conspiracy theorists are going online and telling porkies about vaccine injuries. Now, of course, you know and I know that there are people who will do that But they won't necessarily be truthers. They will be 77th Brigade people, won't they? Let's, for shits and giggles, put some outrageous claims about the vaccines on the yellow card system. Yeah, of course, why not? You can see it, can't you? You can see it as clear as day. Hi to Lukey. Are you doing, Lukey? Who says he's driving home, stuck in traffic, looking at this, I have no words, he says, but he neglected to tell us what this is. I won't rest, Lukey, until you get back on the website and tell us what are you looking at while you're stuck in traffic? Is it Extinction Rebellion? Is it Insulate Britain? Is it none of the above? Tell us, because I'm dying to know. It's four minutes past six. It's Tuesday's programme. 
It's Tuesday's programme, the Richie Allen Show, of course, live from BBG Towers. It's only myself, the BBG, with you till 7 o'clock. Ryan Christian with me in about 10 minutes' time. That'll be fun. Looking forward to speaking with him. Yes, the Eagles and take it easy on the Richie Allen Show, Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021. It's always good uh, to be with you. Looking forward to Ryan. More of your comments, though, in a second. Are you a company based in the northwest of England who want to improve their profile via social media? Yes! Well, you could go out in the car park and film something on your phone, but it's not very good, is it? No! Sounds terrible. The picture's not that great. Yes! Try Ensign Films. We're a new video production company based in the heart of Manchester. We're really old, we've had loads of experience, and we can work within your budget. Don't go out in the car park with Debbie from Accounts. Seriously, ensignfilms.co.uk. The Richie Allen Show relies on your support. Visit richieallen.co.uk and make a financial contribution today. Yes, thank you for your kind words about my, my illness. You see, I think that my fastidious approach to taking my vitamin C, D3 and zinc, which I do all the time, is has helped me not become seriously ill this autumn. I think if I hadn't been doing that, I'd be in a bad way now. Because I have had the bit of mucus on the old chest. I'm dealing with that. But I feel good. I don't feel bad at all. But I've, I've had the runny nose and my throat's a bit sore. But it's been like that for weeks. I can't shake it. It's like something is trying to get a hold of me. But my, you know, as I said, dedicated approach to taking the supplements and the vitamins and drinking plenty of water, and of course I run, I'm fit, I think that is keeping whatever it is at bay. But it feels like the feckin' thing just won't piss off. And that's unusual. I've never known that. I've never known that. Maybe it's because, of course, we, don't forget now, last year we had no flu whatsoever, and we... Don't laugh at that. There was no flu, colds. There was no, uh, what do they call it, uh, virus, something virus, rotavirus. That's that one. There was no rotavirus, no flu, no colds last year. And uh, basically it must have come back like on steroids. That's what, what I would say, you know, personally. Yes, that's what it is. That's what I think. Release the hounds. But yeah, of course, um, flu didn't disappear last year. Again, answers on a postcard, please. Uh, please, please disperse. Do not pass go. Let me uh, go back to your comments. Ryan will be with me in about four or five minutes' time. That'll be interesting. Check out thelastamericanvagabond.com. It's a great website. It's a very established website. Very Looks very good. Really interesting stuff on there. An interview with Alison Morrow about uh, deleting your content or losing your job. We are there. Oh, God, yeah. I've been telling you that for a long time. Fancy changing your job, do you? You better, you better ixnay the old uh, social media accounts. Oh, yeah, you might have said something innocuous five years ago. It'll come back to haunt you, so it will. And uh, you won't get that blooming job. Imagine if I tried to get a job somewhere. Now, I have a job. I work very hard at it. But imagine if I was to get a job or apply for a job as a barman. Now, I enjoyed my time behind a bar as somebody who likes to chat and who's good for the crack. I'm suited to being behind a bar. And I love me sports. No chance now. Imagine it. Trying to get a job now. 
with some of the things I've said about the trannies. No chance. With some of the things I've said about, I don't know, anybody else that you can think of. Yes, absolutely right. Jake says that vitamin C isn't stored in the human body. I know that. I'm well aware of it. We piddle it away. We piddle it away. You've got to take it daily as a result. Thank you, Jake. Thanks for telling me what I already bloom and well know. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Vitamin C needs to be taken every single day. Orange juice, freshly squeezed, is lovely. Or you can take, um, as I do, you can take an effervescent tablet. A good one, as I do. With, with, with zinc tablets and vitamin D3 tablets separately. Yes. Linda. How you doing, Linda? Looking forward to hearing Ryan. Hi to Andy B. How you doing, Andy? Thanks for your messages this afternoon. Thank you very much for those. Diane says I don't even use Microsoft uh, software. So I'm hardly likely to take a quack scene uh, promoted by Bill Gates. Gates is like blight. He's like blight. I like it. Potato blight. A nasty curse of a thing, says Diane. Yes. Hi to Paddy Kearney. How you doing, Paddy? Irish names don't get better than that. Paddy Kearney, get in there. You know he's a good lad, just because he's called Paddy Kearney. Davy says, Richie, I've been taking vitamin D3, 5,000 IU, vitamin C, 1,000 IU, and zinc since May last year, every day. I lost taste and smell for only two days in July this year. I suppose that was the virus that was only symptoms, so the vitamins, or the vitamins, do work. That's from uh, Davy. Okay. Absolute Mont. Absolute Mont. We'll get Ryan on in a moment. He'll be standing by. You know what I'm going to do before we do that? I'm going to say hi to Rachel Savage. How you doing, Rachel? She asked me, have I tried Sambuca for my cold symptoms? That's an it. It's an it. It's an it. That's right. It's an it. She says, have you tried Sambucol? Not Sambuca. Sambucol. For your cold symptoms, I haven't. But I promise I'll look it up. Why not? Hi to Peter, who says, I agree with you regarding the vitamins and the zinc. The vitamins and the zinc. I've been religiously taking mine for months and months, not even had a sniffle. Uh, says Peter in Suffolk, who's enjoying the programme. Thank you, Peter. Marvellous. Absolutely marvellous, yeah. Fantastic. Lovely. And hi to Pauline Price as well. Thank you for your message, Pauline. Here's Gareth Ike. Yes. And when we come back from this... I'll be joined by Ryan Christian, the last American vagabond.com. Yeah, I hate his art, Gareth Ike. I hate him, I tell you, I hate him. Good looking backstirred. And he can sing as well. He's got it all. That's a Jura from uh, my pal Gareth Ike on the Richie Allen Show, 18 minutes past the hour. Tuesday's programme. Let's welcome back to the programme somebody who needs no introduction whatsoever. The founder and editor of the excellent Last American Vagabond. Do check out the lastamericanvagabond.com. I recommend you bookmark it. Terrific writers, great features. Think Whitney Webb, think Webb on there. Think Bros, think Taylor. And of course, uh, the man himself, the one and only Ryan Christian. Welcome back to the program. How are you? I'm good, brother. Always a pleasure to be here. It's a, it's an honor to have you on. You're like an oasis in the desert today. I flew solo for an hour and 15 minutes. I couldn't wait for you. I'd marry you if I was given the chance right now. You're so welcome on this program. Something that caught my eye reading your uh, site over the week, during the week this week, was an excellent feature with Alison Morrow. 
uh, delete your content or lose your job. You'd have to be out of your mind now to apply for a position, whether it's um, drive through at McDonald's or whether it's uh, a poetry teaching position in a university. You'd have to be crazy not to delete your entire social media history, wouldn't you? Well, you know, it's funny you say that. I, I get what you're saying. I, I've just always really strongly argued that self-censorship is the last thing we should be doing. But I, like, if that's your mindset and you are trying to get a certain kind of a job, then yeah, I mean, that's what it, today it, it's it's become very acceptable to just kind of comb through people's social media, yeah. take things out of context, look at comments of your posts and, and let that decide. You know what I mean? That's just subjective and wrong. In I, so many ways. I agree with you 100%. I, I wouldn't endorse it at all. But I, I often think that it's easy for me to say, you know, from my own little pulpit here, where I've already burned every bridge to any other job that, that ever existed, Ryan, you know. So it's easy, I think, for me to say that. But if a friend of mine, a cousin of mine or a brother or sister of mine was planning on changing jobs, I would ask them to mine their own social media or God forbid pay somebody else to do it because I think mm. professional companies do that but that's where we are you'll probably know that Terry Gilliam was about to co-direct a production of a play in London at the Old Vic uh, and uh, a Sondheim play and um, it's been dropped because he well he has positions on the Me Too movement and he has positions on trans people self-identifying so he's gone this is not funny Ryan yeah it's not this is alarming I mean and you know what's funny what's what's really interesting today is in and of itself the cancel culture is very very concerning I mean whether or not you agree with certain people who were canceled or not it get, anybody honest with themselves can see that this is a beast that can swing in any direction like it's not going to just only go after who they want it to go after and we've seen that happen since this is all got, got rolling. I think that's the main point, though. We've seen a lot of these crossovers where these things have primed us for what they're about to unleash on us. You know, so the cancel culture is obviously being applied to the vaccine narrative, right? I mean, we, we see that happening. If it's, it's acceptable to just literally cancel somebody for having the wrong opinion about vaccines today, whether or not they're a PhD or a doctor. And I think a lot of these have been set up this way, even, even the concept of the trans discussion itself. Like I've always said, I mean, I and I believe you're the same. I don't do what you want. See your body, do what you want. As long as you don't force me to think or act or be a certain way, I don't care what you do. You have yeah. complete. That's fine. The prop. What happened with that that discussion though is it's opened up the door to it being acceptable to alter your body, and we see this sort of transhumanist direction happening with where this is all going. That's just my opinion, but I think that the cancel culture is an obvious one. But I think a lot of these are doors that have been opened for conversations about a very small percentage of the population but have been driven into the predominant political discussion for that exact reason. That's my opinion, though. Yeah, you're very good. I think you're right. The, the cancel culture thing is all about opening the door to a social credit model of living, isn't it? It's right. to get people to understand if you get centralised digital currencies as our government wants here the death of cash and of course that's a programmable currency it ties neatly in with are you a good citizen are you nice to trans people are you nice to other people this is really good ryan christian is our guest um love to get your thoughts on cop 26 it's everywhere here all of our all of our 24-hour news channels have basically decided to broadcast from Glasgow. It's wall-to-wall -wall coverage, nothing else. Some incredibly 
bizarre proclamations being made by world leaders about how we're all doomed in a few years. We might talk about some of that. From your vantage point, is there a lot of interest in COP26? I know you will, of course, be looking at it and uh, analysing it and discussing it, but um, how is it going down, do you think, in, in your own country? Are they as excited about the opportunity to save the planet from uh, annihilation as, as they seem to be here in the UK? Well, they're excited to use that as a guise to do other things, definitely, right? I mean, I think that's that's the whole point in all of this is I've never been somebody – I mean, it's, it's quite obvious that the way we live our lives – or more specifically, the way that the government has set up the way we live our lives – is destroying this planet in a thousand different ways. That doesn't mean that the concept of climate change is not insultingly politicized, right? But it, nobody should argue that we shouldn't be, you know, trying to take steps to better our individual world around us, you know, start yeah. by stopping using disposable gloves and masks that are destroying the planet faster than anything we could point to right now. But this is being used by all governments as a guise to fight against something that they think it's about saving your life in the future. And all it's really doing is, is giving them an excuse to, as we've talked about before, destroy what is currently the system and rebuild it in a way that gives the more centralized control to the people and players in this situation. Now, does that, does that necessarily mean that some of those actions might not better some people's lives? No, but at the end of the day, that's not the primary goal. And our we need to be able to reflect on our history and look back and realize that this is the same type of thing that's been done many times before, the same kind of cloak over a different problem being used to drive forward their agendas. You know, and I think that's what this is all about, because all it's going to lead to, mark my words, and it's already happening. And like your proclamations, I'm probably thinking of the same ones there. This is already driving towards the infrastructure that they're already trying to build under the guise of a pandemic, which doesn't really connect for most people. So all they're really trying to do is just kind of coincidentally say, oh, well, this action here reduced carbon emissions. Therefore, lockdowns are good for the planet. That's just not true. The data doesn't back that up. But they're going to drive this infrastructure forward, as you just talked about, the social credit system, carbon emissions, all these things will be used to grade what kind of person you are. And this is all going to be driven for, and this isn't secret. These are openly discussed tactics to save the planet, right? But is do we really need to, quote unquote, save the planet? Or are we just need to stop these people from siphoning everything they can from it while pretending they're doing it for us? Because that's not what's happening. I mean, right now, the green movement's been completely hijacked by big oil and that's all right. the very people doing the biggest problem, creating the biggest problem today. You, you've done a very good job, I think, over the years of highlighting how the climate crisis claims, that is, that the planet will 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 not recover and life will become impossible if things aren't done to keep us at 1.5 degrees within the next four years. You've done a very good job of showing how they have taken other issues which are not necessarily um, related to that. Things like, of course, polluting rivers, putting billions of tons of plastic into the oceans, um, polluting water supply, mess, all, all that stuff. You're absolutely right. But the, the problem is, I think, in the eyes of many people, um, they've not noticed that. So now all of these things are lumped in with with um, carbon, you know, being a big problem and carbon warming the planet. And they don't understand that these things are not necessarily um, the same thing, like polluting rivers and, and, and so you're, you're very right to say that. It gets lost. The planet is dirty. Um, it's been raped and pillaged. 
by the biggest gangsters in, in, in the world, in, in the corporate world and in the political world. But that's a separate issue from them claiming that if the planet warms by two degrees by the end of the century, that will be flooded by 20 metres and countries will disappear. I don't believe any of that is true, but I share yeah. your concerns about what they've been uh, doing to, uh, to the environment. You, your president is there, by the way. I know you know that. Yeah. What What do you make of that? Uh, apparently, well, he slept through some of the presentations <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> That's not surprising at all. But if it just the, the 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 what's frustrating is that they've always been doing this. They've for I mean, you could look back as far as you want to go, and you can see that they have been claiming that the population will be too large, or that the seas will rise, or the ice caps will melt every year. By twenty twenty, we're all going to be dead, or by this year, by that, and 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 they've repeated. They've never been right. You, and you, you can't even make the argument that their actions are why it didn't happen. Like there's no logic and you can look through it. The population bomb is the one I always reference. I mean that book came out. Everyone's all worried about the population. It's not like we shouldn't consider the, the risks or the concerns. But every single time the mark was passed, they just pushed out the date. This is how, this is how juvenile a lot of people are. We can't see that they're just extending the narrative. You know what I mean? And the point, like you said, is we should be concerned about keeping this planet sa- uh, you know, healthy. To take carbon emissions, for example, this is the point that I always make is it's insulting to our intelligence to pretend that's one of the primary things they're pushing to pretend that we're going to charge people based on their emissions right now. Who can afford that? Yeah. Big companies. Right. So are big companies going to stop doing that? No, they're just going to pay the cost of doing business just like they do today. Wells Fargo can get hit with a billion dollar fine every 30 seconds and they'll keep doing what they're doing because all they do is pay it and keep doing it. They factor that in for their criminal business. The people like us who just have to pay extra for their gas, all that's going to do is stop you from driving. The big companies will still pollute, which is the real problem, not your gas usage. It's the big companies and the way they're polluting. Look at the U.S. military. They're the biggest polluter on the planet. Nothing they're going to do is going to stop what they're doing. This is just a guise. And it makes people think they're doing the right thing. They can pat themselves in the head. All the problems will continue. Of course they will. I found it. uh, Belly, we we have a term here. You might have a similar term uh, back home, Ryan. It's belly laughs. It's when you laugh uncontrollably. I'm watching Sky News this morning and one of the big reveals early on today, when you would have still been in bed maybe, was the, the, the plans to stop deforestation and to protect the Amazon. Hilariously. After this was announced, guess who came out to speak to address the, uh, the assembled uh, throng? Well, it was only Jeff Bezos who cuts down 700 million trees a year for boxes, for the crap right. that he sells, that destroys Main Street. I couldn't stop laughing. I Belly laughs. I thought, well, somebody somewhere is saying, let's gaslight the entire world. Let's put the most absurd things in front of their eyes and, and, and let's just see will they go along with it. After a right. deforestation reveal, out comes Bezos. I, it's silly. I mean, it's it's just as silly as having <laughs> Pfizer be painted as some kind of altruistic entity. And what's yeah. going on today? The most obviously criminal company that has four point six billion dollars in payouts for crimes. Yeah, Be- Bezos is just insulting. I mean, I think this is the Bill Gates version of everything else. They're they're framing themselves in a philanthropic cloak, right? Uh, while like while they're the leading problem in that, it, like just like you described. How does anybody even walk away from that? It just shows you that they're. They have captured, like we talk about captured agencies, FDA, the CDC, that yeah. they, you know, they're not really enforcing what they pretend they are. They've completely overtaken by corporate interests. That we have to picture the the your country like that, our countries like that. They've been captured, right? So when Bezos steps in there acting like he cares about the planet, 
it's just it's all an illusion. They don't care about these things anymore. I don't think they ever did. No, they certainly didn't. No, apparently he's pledged uh, two billion dollars. It's it's staggering, isn't it? Somebody said that these guys, their wealth doubles every six months or every year. It's amazing to say that you could just stand at a lectern and say, "Listen, I'll give you two billion dollars." And how much? How much you want to bet that he makes money off of that? Just like yeah. Bill Gates makes money off of his so-called philanthropic entities that ruin things, and then he still walks away with a profit. Yeah, it's not because that's not philanthropy. That's brilliant because there's some contract at some stage as a kickback for, for 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 the for the philanthropic uh, gesture. You're absolutely right. right. Ryan Christian is our guest. If you haven't, and I know you have, read the Last American Vagabond.com. If you haven't used it, it's a great resource. Articles, stories, videos, great writers on a daily basis. Bookmark the website, whatever browser you're using, thelastamericanvagabond.com. What do you understand at this stage? I hate to be throwing things at you, but you're good like that. You don't ask me for a list of topics, so uh, I take advantage. Um, What do you understand to be the latest data regarding vaccine injuries in, in the US, the VAERS reporting system? What do you understand the situation is? Is it bad? Is it good? Is it concerning? Are there are lots and lots of injuries. What's going on? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say pretty much anywhere you look right now that's, that's you know, divulged, giving you the clear data, it's quite obvious that it's very, very bad. I, there, I just was talking about this today. Right now, if last time I checked, I mean, we're getting close to See, what's hard is there's a couple different areas you can pull from, and there's different platforms too, but we're at hundreds of thousands of adverse events. I think we're over half a million when you take it all all said and done. And that's that's not even taking in the Harvard HHS understanding when they did their research on this, that that represents less than 1% of the total. But just at just the reported deaths, we're over 18,000 last time I checked, if I remember correctly, 18,000. And the reality is that in 2009 – the Swine Flu Administration, they were 53 reported deaths on VAERS, 53 reported unconfirmed deaths, just like they want to call it today, which yeah. is accurate, right? doesn't mean you dismiss them, but you could you could fairly call it unconfirmed, but that, that only means they just have failed to confirm them, which is their fault. But 53, and they cut, they shut the whole program down. Think about how crazy that is. The, the, the problem is that these things aren't supposed to be taken at face value. We all, that's, we've all learned that today with their narrative. But they are safety signals, and that's why they research this. And the problem is that you're seeing a safety signal that is, a, as uh, Helen Buninsky for, for coined, a, a, I would call a burning forest of red flags, right? And it's this huge, constant, waving problem that nobody wants to talk about. You know, that's outrageous. I, as far as I can tell, it's the same. The U.K. data, actually, I think is a little more on the nose right now because it's, it, it's showing you, at least they, up until week 43, they, I guess they stopped showing you the breakdown between backs and unbacks. It's unequivocal. The majority of hospitalizations and deaths in their their recent two reports have been in the vaccinated. There's no hiding that. In the vaccinated. So, I mean, it, it's obvious. Go ahead. No, no, it's great. It's not great, but it's great that you've done that work on that. 2009, that was Pandemrix, was it? I think it was. Oh, what, uh, the name of the injection? Yeah, I think it was Pandemrix. It, it, yeah, it killed people, and it also gave people narcolepsy. Yeah, well, what's even crazier is you go back to the 76. I play that all the time, the 60 yeah. Minutes clip of it. Same thing. It's the same thing. Guillain-Barre syndrome, narcolepsy. They and even worse, they 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 gave an injection that they didn't even research. That that should probably sound very familiar to what we're probably yeah. dealing with today. But they gave they inject they researched an injection and at the last minute they just swapped it out with something else. And this was proven. And people got really sick and hurt. And you know nobody was ever really held accountable for that. No, they were not. What I've noticed in recent weeks here 
is a real drive to get pregnant women to have the jab. It's kind of sickening. It's, I know you keep a great eye on the UK. That's a really good thing about the last American vagabond from our UK listeners. Uh, they cover, Ryan and his colleagues cover everything. Uh, including what happens here in the UK, Europe and elsewhere. So do check it out. That's really, really uh, good that, that it's uh, not US-centric. It's important. So so you'll know they are aggressively pursuing pregnant women. Is that happening in, in the US? Yeah, and it's really disconcerting to me. I mean, the two, the two, I keep pointing this out on their FDA documentation as of their most recent update. I mean, it's it's the most current update on the, right now on their FDA breakdown. It very, very clearly says that, and many people have pointed this out. It says right now there is not enough data to confirm the safety of inject, basically of giving this to pregnant women. And then it also says it again in regard to breastfeeding, and there's just not enough data. I, I don't even know how that's even. We're in, this is this is why we call it the the COVID clown world. I mean, that's right. That's in plain English. The same thing I make for the mix and match argument, where they're going, yeah, just mix them and you know match them with other injections. Both the FDA and the CDC. Even though Walensky just said this, currently say that's not supposed to be happening on their websites right now. How do you even rationalize something like that? So Walensky's either that bad at her job or she's lying to you. Probably a little bit of both. Probably a little bit of both. Yes, I remember when they when they first announced here that if you if if you're if you're forced double jabs, if your two jabs, your initial two jabs were AstraZeneca that it might be better to have Pfizer next time. And again, this is so arbitrary. There was no data, no research to support any of this. And at each stage of this, I thought to myself, this might be the thing that wakes people up to it. But it doesn't seem to. And again, I don't want to be sound like pessimistic, like I'm always kind of, I'm a harbinger of doom. But what will it take for people? (laughs) You know, what will they need to say before people say, ah, come on, you're pulling the wool over my eyes. Astonishing, isn't it, that you had two Pfizer's originally, well, now you better have a Moderna. That's madness, that. It is. It is. I mean, I don't know what the, I mean, the, the, the problem is, is there's a bit, I always point a bit of an illusion out in, in how we are all told to perceive that. I think that the average person that is completely in lockstep with this narrative after everything that they can, we can see, those people are almost impossible to reach. It's like trying to reach a member of a cult, which is possible, right? I was actually, I keep bringing that up. I want to interview somebody <laughs> Maybe that Matthias, that Matthias guy. He's yeah. you know a psychologist. I want to yeah. talk about how you like psychologically get past that barrier. Well, you but kidnapped people- them. You kidnapped them. That's how we got people out of cults. We bashed right. them over the head and we threw them into a into the back of a car, <laughs> into the trunk. It is, isn't it, Ryan? That's what we used to do. We bashed them and and get them in. But um, what well, a great problem, though, analogy. The yeah. average person, though, in my opinion, the average people out there, I think they do see it to a certain degree. You know, and I think that's the problem is we need to start realizing, I mean, look, this wouldn't be as broken and clumsy and and forceful as it was is right now if, if most if, if everybody was on their side, like they're failing at getting this across the majority. And I think we need to see that like this is a, a nonpartisan thing. People from all sides, even the ones that realize both of them are fake, can yeah. see that this is an, this is a problem. And we're standing together across party lines and they're desperate to not let people see that. You, your country, the United States, great country as it is. I, I, I visited visited it one time, and I loved it. I had a great welcome wherever I went, and it, it cleared a lot of misconceptions I had about the U.S. Before I went to the U.S. in two thousand and two, I believed that you were basically all of you a bunch of inbred hillbillies, right? That's what I thought. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I'll tell you what I thought. I thought that you were such a vast space, a vast region, that you really hadn't a clue what was going on 
outside your own country because of the size and the scale of it. But I was wrong. Of course I was wrong. And to I, I, yeah, to a degree. But no, I, I, I was glad to be kind of proved wrong. I was on the East Coast primarily. And I met a lot of people that were clued in. I remember when I went to Ground Zero. And uh, this was in 2002. And I was pleasantly surprised to meet people of all different ages and professions who were saying, I don't believe what they're telling has happened here last year. I think, you know, it needs further investigation. I thought, right, these people are, are, are alive. There's something great going on in your country because as far as I know, the US is, has got the lowest COVID jab rate in the Western world. Is that right? Or thereabouts? You know, if that if that is accurate, I, I wasn't aware of that, but it wouldn't surprise me. I, I mean, I would have I probably would have thought that it'd be higher than some. But I think what you hit on there is really interesting. And it's kind of what I was just saying is that I, I think, of course, it's going to be framed as like the end of Western democracy. Right. The, our government is so terrified of seeing what's how people are not buying this. You know, and so they want us to feel like this is the end of everything because that's ultimately leading into the rebuilding and the Great Reset. And anyway. But I think you're right. I think that w there is something great happening here. And I think people are beginning to see what they've never seen. People that are that have been immersed in this two-party illusion are finally waking free, breaking free from this. And I think they're terrified of that. I really do. And I think I think the more that people break out of it, the more they'll begin to see that. We just need to stop listening to who they tell us the majority is. Because, I mean, look, right now, if 90% of this country didn't agree with this, would they tell us that? <laughs> of course not. No. That was the last thing they want us to see. You're absolutely right. Let me throw a couple of curveballs at you. It's Ryan Christian, the last American vagabond.com, the founder and editor of that excellent website I've stolen, I've pilfered from the site from many years and I've claimed it as my own information. That's what I do. I'm a, I'm a plagiarist with a capital P. I never do that. I always give credit to the website. Here's a breaking story. Now, you probably saw this before coming on. Facebook has announced it's going to shut down its face recognition system, its facial recognition system, and it's going to delete the face prints of more than one billion people. That's breaking. Do you believe them? I'm not for a second. I mean, well, here's what's funny is I doubt. Look, that that is more. That's that's more than gold today. As James Corbett coined the term a while ago, data is the new oil. There's no way in. I would not believe that for a second that they would give up that data that they collected in many ways illegally, which they've admitted to. Right? They would just give it up. My guess is it's either being used by somebody, the government, most likely. Right? They probably just sold it to the government, and so therefore they're quote unquote giving it up which we'll never find out because the government will frame it in national security and we'll never talk about it. You know, you see how this works. I, I, I don't th see how they could possibly give that up. Why would they have gone to all the effort to collect it all to just give it up? You know what I mean? Especially yeah. when we're finally stepping in. I mean, think about where this is all going. I don't know if you've probably seen the metaverse thing that we oh, yeah. and I just did a show on that. That's where this is all going. And that's that's as good as gold. Those face prints. That's where that's going. So that just not, does not add up to me at all. Can we get that show on the website? We can, thelastamericanvagabond.com, because I haven't seen that. I, I, I want to watch that. We yeah, can. yeah. I actually plan on putting that up possibly today. Um, I, it's, it's all, it, it was only on Rockfin for a moment, then I'll put it up on TLAB today. Yeah, I'll it was watch a good that, yeah. It was on Whitney's podcast. It was a good conversation. Good. Sounds good. Yeah, because I did hear a Facebook executive from Europe talking about the metaverse, which is basically where 
it's think of that Steven Spielberg film Ready Player One eventually they want us all stuck in our bedrooms with the headset and the body kit on and we live in the metaverse a virtual world this is I, what they want yeah yeah totally I would say actually surrogates with Bruce Willis is a much more accurate reflection of what that will be if you've seen that movie I never saw that film no I didn't know it's no. a little, it's a little it. more gritty and dark and, and realistic like where you know where you bitch have a bunch of where your identity doesn't really exist anymore and it's like the epitome of how it used to be with the internet like you're flirting with a girl on some chat line and it's actually some big heavy set guy in a corner you know it's like it's like the real world version of that where people are out there dressed like something else and they turn out to be some horrific thing yeah. you know it's 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 a cop movie but it's I, it's Ready Player One. I think was meant to make that seem like the positive like outcome. Like, yeah, we even won in the end. We beat the bad guys. Yay. You know, it's yeah. like that's not where that's going. <laughs> Very good. Here's another curveball. Now, John Apter is the chair of the Police Federation in Minneapolis, and he's been speaking on UK television and radio today because Minneapolis voters get the chance to go to the ballot box today and get rid of the police department. You said this is the clown world we're living in. It really is. This has obviously got to do with with George Floyd and and Black Lives Matter. But I I I I must be dreaming this that people can vote to get rid of the police and with 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 no sense of irony whatsoever. This guy John Apter from Minneapolis, he told um he's not from Minneapolis, he's an English. He's an English policeman. He's watching this and he's covering this for talk radio. This guy says, if this vote goes through, let's see how long it takes people to realise they need the police. Yeah, What's that's going a, on? That, yeah, that is a, a really difficult conversation, especially for me. Not because like it's hard I try to layer this out in a shortest period of time. I think that from my perspective. I mean, I'm not really one for labels in general. My my views jump all over the place. But I guess if you had to force it, it'd be sort of like a libertarian, like a libertarian anarchist kind of a thing or anarcho libertarian. Right. That's kind of like where it seems I center around the most, but I'm all over the map. So from, from like a libertarian standpoint or even an anarchist standpoint, which, by the way, everybody misunderstands it doesn't mean no rulers it means no rules yeah, they want you yeah. to think it means chaos it really doesn't think of it it's not shocking that the only governmental structure out there that doesn't involve a government is the one they don't want you to like right that's right How shocking but what's interesting from that kind of standpoint i don't i i have a problem understanding why the police as we know them today are even necessary we're made to think that but the problem is and see, that's the problem is I, I say something like that and most people are just – they don't even understand or grasp what I'm getting at. We have to think about what – police mostly come out and deal with things after you have a problem, right, by and large. That's right. So it's about keeping yourself safe at the end of the day, and that's always what we talk about today. But the problem is that in the world we have today, if you just remove the police, people would lose their minds because people don't understand how to live in a no. world where they take care of themselves. They don't have self-responsibility anymore. The government has stolen that from them. You know, so I think in, in a world today, we need to understand there needs to be a balance. But first, it needs to start with self-responsibility and not leaning on other people to protect you or keep you safe or keep your things safe. But the problem is that do you really believe that the government's going to allow you to vote away the police station? I think this no. is all a, a ploy anyway. I mean, why would the government, local or otherwise, allow that to happen? They That's wouldn't. their enforcement arm. It's a good question. My, my, my obvious counter to what you said, which I do understand, and I, I, I wouldn't be jumping to any conclusions – my feelings about life very similar to to your own there but but there are those who aren't best positioned to take care of themselves or their property yeah. and it's nice to know 
that you've got the boys and the girls in blue not too far away. For example, if somebody is constantly threatening and harassing you or, or stalking you or, or constantly assaulting you when you're out and about, it's nice to know you've got somebody there that you can get to take that problem off your hands maybe. Well, maybe, maybe. I mean, and these are all hypotheticals, but maybe we should talk to the women in certain locations in the United States with their multiple rape kits sitting on the counter somewhere, you know, yeah. where these where these officers aren't actually doing. And whether that's a choice for the individual, whether that's because they're focused on by the administration to focus on cannabis more than anything else or, you know, there's politics involved in all of this. Now, the average guy on the street, maybe, you know, but at the end of the day, I, I think it's come down to community. Right. Who's going to be there to help you more so the the cop that at a police station that's 20 minutes away or your neighbor? Right. I yeah, mean, yes, yeah. there's always I mean, ask yourself this. Let's just hypothetically say the guy in a wheelchair or somebody who can't like arguably defend himself against somebody attacking him. Who's more likely to be there to defend them in a moment when they need it? Somebody you call on the police, they're going to get attacked. Are the police going to be there in 20 seconds? You know, it's like I'm not trying to argue that there's not no, a, it's valid a good point. reason it's a very good point. for some kind of an enforcement. You know, like, again, my point is in a world where we've already built into that, there's no you don't just flip the switch off. But I think if we really stood back, we could realize that it's an illusion of safety. A lot of this is an illusion of safety. The, illu- the, the danger never goes away. I think government adds more danger than anything else. And I, and I include that in the policeman police arm. But if you had a community where individuals would step up and help enforce things, maybe patrol, and it's a rotating position, right? That's why these things should really operate in a real free society. But that's abstract and way too far in the future for most people. Yeah, but it's good. It's, it's, it's food for thought that. I understand exactly where you're coming from. You're right. And in an ideal world where communities have not been torn apart deliberately by various policies, um, by, by various programs over the years, mind control, I would say... You know, people have never been as disconnected as they are now in streets, in communities. People have never been less yeah. connected. They don't know their neighbours' names. They, they don't know their neighbours' children's names. They don't know what their neighbours do for a living. And well, that's deliberate. I, that's deliberate. If I can have one more point, actually. Do, of course, Wayne. I think that, you know, it, what the problem is that there, of course, these locations like New York and San Francisco should lose their multi-million dollar budgets. That's obscene. Like if you really if, and that came out during the whole defund the police thing, and that's not by accident, right? Because it's become two extremes. It's either defend them or don't. Instead of actually having an honest conversation and going, do they need that much money? Do they need rocket launchers? Probably yeah, not, yeah. right? And these are these aren't hypotheticals. You can prove they've gotten the, the the military hand downs and their MEPs and MRAPs and their SWAT team. They don't need this stuff to go in for health checks, which is what they use them for. So the problem is that we lose the the the, the context. And we should be pulling back on this, but that I should be adamant about the fact that the last thing we should be doing is, quote unquote, defunding the police the way that they're framing it in the political left versus right. We shouldn't just turn the switch off because then they're going to make chaos and point to it on why. they. And all that's going to end up doing is more police, more presence, because the chaos is why we need more. That's all it's going to lead to. You know, we need a nuanced conversation. And that's the last thing politics allows is nuance. Of course, excellent point. We're, I'm going to ask you one more question. We'll take three or four minutes to, to get through this. Is the vaccine mandate issue, and it's massive in your country at the moment, it's massive here, does that present a great opportunity for alerting people to the agendas that we've discussed so many times before, the Great Reset, the complete turning upside down of how people live, turning the planet into a prison, everything we've discussed, those, the mandating of the vaccines, is that a great opportunity to alert people to the agenda? 
Yeah, and that's a really good way to put it. I mean, it really is. I mean, whether we're just we want to be optimistic and, and you know, because what's the other solution to sit back and give up? Because we're not going to do that. Right. But I think yeah. but I actually think it's a little I think it's accurate. You know, we do have a great opportunity here because, look, this has been rushed. Whatever reason, I don't buy that this was done. The, the way that this has come out has been clumsy and messy and it's exposed a lot of things to a lot of people who were lifelong two-party illusionists. People that were dug in that are going like, wait a minute, like these people that I'm making fun of are sort of suddenly been more right than anybody like in a short period of time than we've ever seen before. Like one after the other, they've been correct about these things and we're supposed to say they're crazy. I think that they've woken up more people than they planned on. I really do. And I think that that is a huge opportunity for us to one, reach other people that are now just on the fence that we never would have been able to reach before and realize that we are the majority. I've been saying this long before COVID-19 came around. And if we can't see that now, then we don't want to see it. Because if we keep fighting against each other, we will lose. This is a nonpartisan issue. And I mean, what's crazy is there are people that agree on everything in regard to the injection, in regard to the forced medical mandates, in regard to all of this stuff, yet will realize that they're on different, quote unquote, political sides and they hate each other. That's how they've gotten us. That's how we're failing in that small regard is they allow your politics to keep you divided. I just again, I think you're right. I think this is a huge opportunity for us to finally see that we are powerful more so than they ever imagined when we come together. Folks, go to thelastamericanvagabond.com if you haven't before. Book market, wonderful writers on there. Really good stuff. This is highbrow stuff. A great, really well put together website. Uh, you've been listening to the founder and editor of The Last American Vagabond, none other than Ryan Christian himself. Ryan, thanks for your time and I look forward to next time, mate. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Brilliant. Ryan Christian, folks. The Richie Allen Show features doctors, scientists, academics and researchers who have been banned by the legacy media. Support Richie now by making a financial contribution at richieallen.co.uk. You're listening to the saviour of independent media, Richie Allen. Yeah, welcome back. It's eight and a half minutes to the top of the air. Love speaking to Ryan Christian. That show has gone by in the blink of an eye, says I quicker than I thought. I was due to have a guest in there one and they've cried off. They're a bit nervous about coming on. Can't say too much more than that, you know. But I, I'll get it so I'll get it sorted. I'll get it sorted. Hi to James who says that in his opinion the United States is far more awake than we are. Might be true. I'm certainly not going to argue with that because I don't know. But it might be true. Faisal said that uh, Ryan has made a very good argument for the importance of the local community. I've always thought that we are individually responsible for our world, uh, the situations and people we see as we move through our lives. Yes, very good. I understood what, what he was saying there about is there any need for the police? There shouldn't be any need for them. He made a very good point about the police, uh, well, they arrive after the fact. Now, he didn't say this. I'm not putting words in his mouth. But I would add, usually at least in my experience, and I've not called the police, but when I was, when, when we lived in South Manchester in Fallowfield, our next door neighbour was burgled. And somebody else was burgled. And somebody was assaulted. And none of those crimes, as they, they were crimes, were ever solved. And I got the impression when our next door neighbour was burgled that the police didn't give a shit. Uh, gone are the days of dusting down the the, the 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 window that had been kicked in 
or, or, or pushed in. Gone are the days where they would dust down the drawers which were opened as the burglar or burglars looked for look, looked for valuables. They didn't seem to give too much of a shite about it. In fact, the attending police officer was pretty forthcoming in telling my neighbour who she was a um, university lecturer as it happens. They were pretty quick to tell her there's not much we can do. I hear what he says there. I understand it that individual responsibility and ultimately the collective responsibility in a community if people are looking out for one another and people care about one another and spend time with one another although it's difficult it's difficult I'm mindful I'm very mindful of hypocrisy I don't spend very much time with people uh, these days and my, my mates the mates that I've made since arriving in Manchester in 2014 uh, are constantly on my case because I don't do as much with them as I would have done previously. Exhaustion being one of the reasons. And uh, But yes, we don't spend time. We don't reach out. We don't ask. Who are you? You just moved in. Who are you? Billy, are you? That's your wife, is it? Sandra, is it? I'm Richie. This is Caroline. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's at least know who we are because you never know you might need them. But um, yes, there you are. Mork and or Mindy says as long as there's 30% plus unvaccinated, uh, the vaccine passports can never work. It's a terrible idea anyway, says Mork and or Mindy. Thank you for that. We scroll on down. Lots of comments today. Abdel says the police should not be defunded. Just stop them from being trained in Tel Aviv, says Abdel. Now, I don't think every police force ever is trained in Tel Aviv, but I do know that certain police departments in the United States, and I know that police officers from this country, have indeed gone to Israel to be trained. Yes, it's believed, isn't it, that the kneeling on the neck thing originated in, in Israel. It's believed. Uh, maybe it's true, yeah. Maybe it's true. And I'm going to love you and leave you now. And I'm going to have um, I'm going to have something for my throat, and then I'm going to watch some foosball, while I'm editing today's program, and producing tomorrow's. That's the life, that's the territory. Thank you so much to Ryan Christian, LastAmericanVagabond.com. Thank you for listening. Back with you tomorrow, uh, with plenty of uh, content as usual. Until then, it's adieu from moi, pretentious moi. That's the one. Thunderclap Newman, take care of yourselves and one another. Bye.